0: How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Sean and Matt Show. My name is Matt, that is Sean, and welcome to our show, Sean. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a $4.3 million piece of real estate that sold where, Sean? Sold in the metaverse. metaverse. Sean's Insane. like, what neighborhood? I was like, did you hear about the property that sold for 4.3? Sean's like, and I was yeah. like, it's it's in the metaverse. So we're going to be talking about that, the most expensive metaverse sale ever mm. zillow in the real world in the real verse in reality it canceled 400 of their contracts with sellers they're looking to get on with their life and sell their house then we're gonna be talking about the cheapest apartment in tokyo one dollar per month how do you like how do you I love like that, that rent I love how that. do you like that bill i'm in count me in i'm moving to tokyo man so many bills it's, it's december 2nd now I know why Bone Thugs and Harmony said, wake up, it's the first of the month. Because man, a <laughs> lot of- Bone Thugs, bringing it back. A lot you know? of bills going out for uh, Mr. So Matteo like, yesterday. Oh, man, I got, bills.
1: I, I got hit with it too. It's like, wow, all that, all that marketing we spend, right? Every time I tell
0: Sean a problem, I'm like, Sean, I don't know how to furnish my 1,000 square foot condo, my, my living room. Sean's like, how about a 5,000 square foot house? Like, you know, my problems are not problems at all, right? First world problems. All right. So this article comes to us from everywhere, but we'll take it from Business Insider. A virtual piece of land went for $4.3 million in the sandbox. So, Sean, the two biggest metaverses right now. And by the way, Facebook is not the metaverse. Facebook is a social network that, I guess, changed the parent company, changed their name to Meta because they're going to shift some of their products that way, like they have Oculus Rift that is going to shift that way. But there's there's a lot of different metaverses out there. Yeah. And the two most popular ones are Decentraland and The Sandbox. Now, to give you an idea, Sean, yes, uh, last week a property sold in Decentraland for $2.4 million. Now we didn't even get to touch on this. I was already set, set to talk about it, but then this week, come along a 4.3 million dollar property sold, Sean. What are your thoughts on I mean, where, where does it end? Because we were we've been talking about a house that sold, you know, for 500,000 dollars. That was an NFT. We've talked about people who sold a piece of art for 69 million dollars. That was NFT. So if virtual artwork can sell for 69 million dollars. Is this piece of real estate for 4.3 million dollars? Are we gonna look at this as a bargain? Cause it's real estate compared to art, or is this something where you know the bottom may get the rug may get pulled out from under you here shortly? Yeah, I mean, I
1: think the there are so many metaverses now. There are so many of these. And we were talking about this a few months ago, and it's a really cool concept. And you know, for us older folk, it's like, what the heck are these kids talking about? You know? It's all virtual property, but Matt and I were talking about this probably a year ago when it first came out or at least eight months ago. And Matt was like, I'm buying, I'm buying certain plots of land and you could buy like places in New York City, like the Empire State Building and all this stuff. And Matt actually did buy. Now Matt, the question is, did you buy in one of the top two? Absolutely not. (laughs) That's (laughs) the thing. Well, that's the thing is like back then were these two even here?
0: Were they there? I'm sure they were. Like I'm sure they they were. I did zero research and I was just like, I'm going to buy here, like, you know, just burning
1: money. Yeah. and, And well, then that's fun. I mean, because the thing is, you're taking a chance and that's what everybody did and became multimillionaires in the Bitcoin, you know, boom. And now it's everything electronic. So everything's going that way. The problem is it can be diluted just like we've seen with every Bitcoin out there. I call it Bitcoin, but every coin out there. Every other week there's another one coming out because people are figuring out how to make these. And I think that's gonna be the same thing with these virtual worlds. It's like, hey, let's create a virtual world and let's just start selling it. And so it's gonna dilute the amount of things out there. Now there's always gonna be a number one or number two world, and it looks like the sandbox selling the $4.3 million place is probably the number one. But when will it you know, go by the wayside? Just like every, everything else that comes out. Think about technology, right? How long will it last? Hey, PlayStation 5 is out. Remember PlayStation 1? How valuable are those games? Not very valuable, right? But that's kind of the same thing with this. Is like, there's always going to be the next trend. And how long will that real estate really last? That's the question. So,
0: Dude, I am in on the metaverse. So I am in. in. I don't know if I'm all it. in. I just bought... The coin for Decentraland. What's that called? Mana. Mana. M A N A. So that's funny. That's like, like unleavened bread, isn't it? Isn't mana? I I'm not big on bread brands, but no, it's like a it's like a religious thing. I think mana. Okay, is, I'm, I'm not big on religious things. things. <laughs> I, I live under a rock. I'm so there's no real estate of virtual and and real. Yeah. Do you even call it real estate if you can't touch it? Yeah. You no, know I'm saying no. That's true virtual estate it should be called right? so the company and it was a because co- of course it's a company companies are buying real estate in, in the real world and now they're gobbling up real estate online republic realm develops virtual real estate and other digital assets they own 2500 plots of land across 19 worlds and they actually bought this plot of land from atari you know, old yeah. school Atari. Oh, yeah. It's still Definitely kicking.
1: My, it's still kicking. Of course it's still kicking. That's a, that's an amazing brand right there. But like when yeah.
0: I was growing up, like I would go home from school in middle school and hop on the computer and play like Club Penguin or Penguin Club. Did, did you know about this? I've heard of it. It was like happened. sponsored by Coca-Cola or something. You have an avatar, you go, and there's like someone DJing, and it's where all people hang out. There's like a chat feature. And that eventually evolves. And then I was playing, you know, Halo 2, and there's a bunch of people hanging out in lobbies. I don't know if you could buy skins because you know purchase the maps and stuff and this is just evolving and now this is essentially like web like we all know web 2.0 was like social media this is now web 3.0 and you know i've heard someone say oh well why would someone buy this land if the developers can just you know infinitely create new lands and make things less valuable well why don't you just buy real estate in indiana because there's land available in indiana it's not necessarily gonna be more valuable. It's it's where the attention is and where the people are going. And right now the people are going to you know they're going to the central land, they're going to the sandbox. And it's wherever the attention is because you know a couple of years ago on Fortnite there was like a concert. I think it was like DJ Marshmallow had like a concert in the Fortnite. I never played Fortnite but like they had a concert in Fortnite. So imagine you start getting these big DJs, influencers, social media people to hang out. In these different worlds and that's where other people want to be well that's
1: insane and that's the truth think about all the kids right now what are they doing they're playing online right and video games you know i was a big video game guy when i was younger and the video game thing has changed so much where it's all 3d it gets me sick i can't even play that stuff but they're online and they're in they're in rooms together and they're playing together right so it's the same concept with this they're going into these worlds i'm assuming you can create things on your plot of land or something like that or you know, having parties, having DJs there. I was thinking, all right, how do you make money on these things? Do you rent it out? Or are you just hoping that the, the value goes up? I don't know. I guess the possibilities are endless with this because you could do pretty much anything on there as long as you can get the people to your spot, right?
0: You got to get in and explore. So yeah. like I've been telling, like we've been talking about a new YouTube studio. It's like, bro, you got to watch other YouTube videos and figure out what you like. Because if you don't watch other people, you're not going to know... How to make your own so gotta get in there and check it out crypto asset management firm grayscale i said the metaverse holds a one trillion dollar a year revenue opportunity one trillion dollars now i will preface by saying any money that you invest in an nft or a metaverse i I mean just have it go to zero like it it may go to zero so don't you know put all of your assets all of your net worth into this just keep in mind that we're just at the forefront of this i mean NFTs have been around for a couple of years now. It's now becoming mainstream, if you will. But if, if you're thinking you're gonna get a quick buck or something like that, that that's just simply not gonna happen. Anyone who invests in an NFT, you know, you, you have the risk of immediately going to zero.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. Don't take all your money and, and put it into one spot. And this just goes to show you that we're not living in the real world anymore. Most people, a lot of these people are living in metaverses and that's where they're spending a lot of their time. You know, there's no longer that social aspect that people love, I mean, there still is, but now they're socializing online. There's a whole different mindset, a whole different breed of people that have grown up in this thing and that's who's taking it over, right? And those are gonna be the, that's who's creating this stuff and that's who's gonna take it over and that's who's gonna make the money on it. Us people that live here and here and now don't understand it. We don't get it as much because we didn't grow up that way, but these kids have. And think about growing up on, um, what would you say, Minecraft or whatever it was? Yeah, right? Fortnite, Minecraft. Fortnite, whatever. Fortnite, right? Yeah. I mean, kids have grown up with that. That's all they know. And so, like me, I mean, I grew up with Pong, right? And Pong came out when I was probably like eight. So that changed my world. And
0: this is creating their world. It's almost like buying real estate in like 1980 or 1990 and accumulating that. You don't really know where, what's going to happen, but think about like 2050. Like where, where are we going to be as a society? Like where are people going to be hanging out? Is it going to be virtually? Is it going to be in person? Is everyone going to have glasses? I read somewhere where the company's developing contact lenses where you can actually see different things because of the contact lens. So I am going to get in on, I don't know how, but I'm going to get it on the sandbox. I'm going to play around with it. The problem I, is
1: I think all of them are going to probably, you have to buy them through crypto, I'm assuming. Right. So you have to figure out how to buy the crypto that is available for purchasing properties in these metaverses, which can be difficult. I mean, Coinbase is one, but there's a ton of other ones. I have one, I can't even think of the name of it right now, that, where I trade. Um, Binance. No, um the only I can't one I think got. of it, but uh as you can see I, I don't trade much in there. I, I honestly left it. You know, I bought it and left it and right now naturally crypto's down, so I'm down. But these kind of things you don't you can't watch every day. It's not like, oh my gosh, look how much I made. Oh my gosh, look how-. when it goes up, yeah, sell it. Get it, you know, and, and cash in and then buy it when it comes down because it's it's constantly going like this, you know. Anyway, I digress. All right, let's jump
0: into the real world. This article comes to us from Inman.com. Zillow cancels 400 Zillow offers contracts due to closing restraints. Basically, Zillow has canceled approximately 400 of its 8,000 contracts with home sellers nationwide. Sean, they said that they're going to give the earnest money back and a varying bonus. By agreeing to terminate the contract by a certain date. This is bad. This is like the worst. If, if you got involved with Zillow offers and you're closing in 2022, like six months from now, and you know, you're in the process of buying another house and now Zillow's gonna back out of yours, you gotta go back on the market in the holidays. It's brutal.
1: Worst of the worst. I mean, this is the worst case scenario for these people. I mean, there's so many things we have to talk about this. Yeah, going on in the holiday season, they bought these places in the height of the market when everything was crazy. Zillow bought your house and they paid a premium. And now these people are going to be like, all right, well, I'm buying. And what it says, what this article says is a lot of these people were buying new construction. So they're sitting waiting for this house to be done. They're like, all right, great. My, my house is already sold. Uh, I know what I'm getting for it. Therefore, I can afford my next one and they're banking that Zillow is paying for this. And guess what? Now they are backing out. And in the real world, in, in our contracts, there are a lot of ways that the seller can be sued. Zillow is saying right now is they're just gonna release their earnest money deposit and give them a bonus if they are willing to get out of the contract. There's some people that, you know, maybe that'll work for, but two things. One, make sure that you read the contract that you're getting into. From what I read quickly in this article, they have a way out. Zillow has a pretty clean way out because they wrote the contract, right? And you signed it, and now they have the way out. And, and that's one thing that when you put your, you, you give your the faith that somebody's actually going to buy it, you better have recourse so that if they don't buy it, you can get paid, you know, you should, you should get some recourse, not only a deposit. And like in our contract, you can, you can take the deposit, but the deposit is not the limit of your liability. And what if now that purchase price is they have to sell it for less and now they are booted out and they can't purchase the next one, right? Or, you know, and a lot of times with new construction, you don't have a finance contingency on that side. So there's a lot that can happen. It's so ugly. And please read the contracts and, and understand them before you sign them. And that's why it's good to have a real estate agent that understands this stuff because we deal with the contracts every day. Granted, we're not, re- we're not lawyers but we have a contract that is the same every single time. And we know what happens if you back out. Thankfully, it doesn't happen all that often, but Zillow, man, I I was worried, I was thinking, man, is it worth it for Zillow to back out of these contracts and then get sued, right? I mean, they they could totally get sued. Apparently in the contract, there's a way out, but I was also reading that there could be a class action lawsuit if, if more of these come about. And it also brings the question is, how bad is it? Like, how bad did you screw up that you have to back out of these now? Like, I mean, we see that the market's still trending up. We're in the holiday season, but next year it's going to, it's probably going to keep going. And so is it that bad that you've got to get it? Is it, was, or was it just, Hey, this is a decision. We're done. We're moving on and gone. Right?
0: Yeah. Zillow offered a variety of bonuses. One home seller said that Zillow offered him $3,500 to cancel the contract. $1,000 for the deposit and then 2500 as a bonus. First of
1: all, if you're taking a $1,000 earnest money deposit, you're crazy. I mean, that right there shows you that that homeowner didn't know what they were doing in signing that contract because $1,000 is nothing in a, in a home sale. You know, we, we usually say 1% is the very minimum. So a $500,000 house, you're, you're talking 5000 but even that is pretty slim. You know, you want 10 grand, 15 grand, if it's a big company like that,
0: um, put up a shut, shut up, up. right? Uh, Zillow agreed on that property to pay three hundred fifty thousand dollars. So a thousand dollar deposit for three What's what's normal in this area for 350?
1: I usually a lot most of the time I don't see less than five grand, right? Yeah. But what we say is at least thirty five hundred So sometimes we'll get contracts on a hundred fifty fifty thousand dollar house and it's thirty five hundred I'm like, I mean, it's one percent. It's fine But I like to see five grand at least home yeah. sellers
0: in Arizona said that Zillow offered them $10,000 to cancel their contract on house that was purchased for $418,000. Zillow, I mean, they, they said they have a way out. And with how it's been going with them selling, you know, they may be like making money by giving up all these properties, right? Because they, they're not able to to close on them due to a selling restraints, you know, supply chains, yada, yada, yada. Basically, they want to cut ties as soon as possible. They say, hey, $10,000 is, is much better than, you know, having to sit on the market and have it drop to like $50,000.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- that's true. I mean, they currently own, or they're under contract, I think, with 8,000 homes. So 400 isn't, isn't a lot. I mean, it's at a half a percent. But at that point, they're going to own 15,000 houses that they've got to unload. That's a, that's a ton of houses.
0: Well, it won't surprise you that their stock is still not not good, not still great, dropping. not great, Bob, not great. Um, still around fifty three dollars per share. Wow. The Zillow the CEO apologized, but he said his core business and brand remain strong. I'm so torn on on Zillow leads because there's so many top agents that use them and close a lot of business from them, but at the same time. They're, I don't want to say they're putting themselves out of business because these, you know, teams could be doing like millions of dollars in GCI, but I'm just like, okay, you're you're feeding the beast, you're you're winning, but you're still buying leads and paying a brokerage to essentially put you out of business in the long
1: run. Yeah, I know. That's the thing is Zillow, you know, what are they going to focus their energy on? Probably brokerage and their platform. And in the end. They want to rule the whole real estate realm in that that regard, you know, they're not looking to flip houses, which I'm glad they're not doing that anymore. Exactly. With the real estate leads in that regard, I mean, yes, you, most people are just like, oh, just give me the money, you know, like, but we're about building our business in different ways, you know, and, and I can see how it works, but man, you got to post up a lot of money to get it to work. And it's not just as simple as, hey, here's a lead, go close it. I mean, there's a lot of work.
0: So to Zillow article up, you know, I think the learning, you know, point here, The the point here is... If you're going to deal with these iBuyer companies, whether it's iBuyer, Wholesaler, Flipper, have a firm contract date. This one couple, they said their closing for their new property was between January 2022 and March 2022. So Zillow put the closing you know, in February for contract purposes. Then they asked Zillow to move it up to December and they said nothing could be done about that. So why not just close earlier or figure out a way where you're not, you know, stretching yourself out, get a backup offer or, or something, some sort of contingency, so you don't have a long, drawn-out closing with a company that hasn't doesn't really have a track record of closing properties on time.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, it's a tough situation because a lot of these people, like I was saying, are in the new, constru- they're buying new construction. So they wanted the flexibility to say, all right, well, my house isn't done until April, whatever it is, and we want to close right before that have a rent back and they're getting everything which is so simple and easy and less stressful. What I tell my clients a lot of times that are buying new construction, I'm like, do you have the cash to close on this? Because anything could happen in the market that could change your whole dynamic, right? So if you're under contract to buy a new construction and you have to sell your house and today it's worth $650, tomorrow it could be worth $600. You know, if that market falls, you have to be prepared for that or what if, you know, right now I could sell it in a week, but in, in six months when your house is finally done, what's the market going to be like? Is it going to take longer? Is it going to cause all that stress? I mean, so there, that's the thing is like sometimes, and this is what I did, I knew that I had to, to buy a house and to afford that house, I needed to sell my house. I have a family. I didn't want to move from my house, but I needed the cash and I'm self-employed and we're all commissioned, right? So it's like, all right, listen, how am I going to do this? I'm gonna sell my house, I'm gonna get a rent back, I'm gonna get my cash in my hand, because that is the key. If you don't have your cash in your hand, where's the bet? I mean, it's gone, right? So get your cash in your hand, try to get a rent back, or go move and rent for a little bit. And that's exactly what I did, and it all worked out. Had this all happened and Zillow bought my house, I would've been furious, you know? And you're, you're in a really bad, bad situation you'd be trying to do a class action lawsuit. Oh heck yeah, I would be suing. I you know what? We have some good lawyers and I bet you they can eat up their contract. If they're if they're if they screwed up on the 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 flipping business, I bet you they screwed up on their their contract as well and we have
0: some really good lawyers that used to litigate these kind of things and they can find loopholes. We'll finish it up with one comment from Thomas Kenny on the Inman article. That's what happens when you only do a $1,000 Offer as, da- as a deposit, and it puts a new meaning to the term good faith deposit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much for good faith there, so yeah. All right, let's finish it up with an article from Design Boom. IKEA Japan is renting a tiny apartment in Tokyo for just $1 per month. The apartment is located in the Shinjuku neighborhood. Sean, I know you've been to Tokyo. You've been to Shinjuku. Country. I don't know. I don't know. The tiny space measures just 10 square meters, which as an American means nothing to me. So 107 square feet. I really should know like meters. I, I think, think it's like three
1: feet, three by three. So it's Why does there have three.
0: to be like meters? And then where does yards come into play? Oh, like I who know. uses yards? Like yards, yards? Well, do we use the NFL? yards? Yeah. <laughs> it's like meters, yards, and feet. Yeah, it's, um, it's funny. Well, I mean, that's that's the difference between the, uh, the metric and the yeah, metric and, and yeah.
1: metric is, is much more stable and, and
0: makes more sense. But um. so this apartment is going to hit the market for just ninety nine yen, which is eighty six cents per month. Wow. Um, Tokyo is the most populous urban area in the world with 14 million people. I've seen different. Statistics on what city? You know, everyone defines a city as a different. Tokyo is area amazing. Have you been? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like five New York cities. It's like five
1: New York cities, and it's the cleanest city that you can imagine. It's like I mean, there's not a speck of garbage or anything on those streets. It's
0: crazy. I've and been. this apartment, it's it's actually two levels. The first level has it's a little desk area, a little love seat, and a cabinet, and they have all these built-in. Basically. It looks like if you were walking through IKEA, it looks like an IKEA setup. And then there's a loft area with the sleeping room.
1: So, again, this is, this is marketing 101. Like, this is brilliant in IKEA's fact, right? So, this is IKEA that is IKEA renting this setup, out. Yeah. But they're showing you, and they're showing all of Tokyo, which Tokyo and just like New York City, it's small living in small spaces. So, they're showing you how you can live in such a small space by renting it out for. I mean, it's brilliant. It's really smart. I mean, they already own the, the building, I'm assuming, right? So they don't care because it's part of their showroom or part of somewhere close to that. And they're like, well, I mean, people are walking through this anyways. Let's just segment this little spice over here. Let's rent it out and then show everybody. Now we're talking about it and it's written up everywhere because it's a dollar a month. Who's going to be the special person to live there and show it off? And sell a ton of furniture.
0: Tokyo's really been pushing this, this micro apartment living recently. So this is a new building. And ironically enough, Sean, I, on my YouTube suggestion page, I came across a video. It was called Inside Tokyo's Tiniest Luxury Apartment. It's got 7 million views on YouTube. I watched it. And then as it turns out, this other IKEA unit, it's the same exact floor plan. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be the same building, or maybe they're, they're, you know, they're producing more of these. But they, they went through how the person actually lived in the unit and, and it was pretty interesting. The kitchen is not really a kitchen, right? There's like a sink and like a hot plate or maybe like two hot plates. So you don't have much kitchen space and the bathroom, you have like the toilet, like do you see the floor plan, you have the toilet here and then over here is a separate door and you have like a shower. So the shower and the, the toilet are separate, but apparently the guy they interviewed in the video he liked that aspect of it.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah, all right. Well, you know, this is cool, and the small living is, you know, I love that kind of style and, you know, minimalist kind of stuff. There are these videos out there, and I know Matt's seen them, because Matt is like the guru of YouTube, and he he knows everything. But they show these beds that come from the ceiling on wires, or like, hey, here's my desk, and the wall moves out, amazing stuff. I mean, so cool, so I love that kind of stuff.
0: So part of what Japan's doing and Ikea, I guess I should say, part of what Ikea is doing to promote this is they have a, a real estate agent um, dressed in a like a funny looking shark costume with a suit on promoting the property. So he's going around holding up a coffee mug, you know, in the kitchen area, like pointing to things. And even on the listing of the floor plan, it, like where it says like contact agent. They have like the shark. Of the shark, yeah, like him, like dressed all professionally. This is funny, but at the same time, do you think they were like doing a bit where it's like real estate agents are sharks?
1: Ooh, they Got us some. That's some
0: meta. That That yeah, is, is literally is some meta right there. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're definitely doing the bit where they get someone in a costume and then take the photo inside the real estate listings. Yeah. It's a funny. Bit. Great marketing. I could live in this for about two days by myself. Actually, no, that's a lie. This isn't a two-person place. Like, no, no. Is, well, I mean,
1: when you're downsizing, it's really hard, you know. But when you were younger, you know, remember when you were living in that one apartment? And I did a ladder. I did like a loft system. Right. It was. It was kind of like. I that. am
0: the worst. um Wood, like, carpent, like. Carbon, like Carpenter. Carpenter. Give me a nail, like it's just it's just not gonna work out. Give me a nail and a hammer, and like the fire department's gonna be called. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's just not gonna work out. So like it was. Creaky. I thought I would be working underneath it. I thought it like it was gonna collapse on yeah. me. I should have just let someone else do it. My head was like six inches from the ceiling. That was cool though. I don't know if yeah. I could climb. I don't know if I'd want to climb the stairs every single night. Yeah, go to Maybe have the bed. The, the in the video, the person had his bed on the first level. It was kind of like a futon pull out. Yeah. Awesome. stuff. Cool marketing from IKEA Japan. The Swedes. The Swedes are everywhere. All right. Well, that is the video, guys. Thank you so much for watching, for showing myself. Until next time, we'll see you then. Take care.